the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Doing good to those who despise you. That's a challenge in and of itself, but the great example of that can be found in The Good Samaritan, recorded here in Luke chapter 10. The ministry of Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Hi there, and welcome to our broadcast. Our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, has us in the middle of a series in Luke, looking at the parables and stories of Luke. And today, we're in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 38, as we take a look at the Good Samaritan and the amazing story told here, and exactly how it fits into your life and mine today. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Your neighbor is someone you find in need that you have the resources to help. And you must be that neighbor. Uh, The man is asked, who who do you think was the neighbor? And and now he's stumped. Uh, he got himself backed into a corner. He never meant for it to go here. He went out to justify himself. Now he's convicted. You, wait, I started out believing I'd kept all the law. And now by the time Jesus illustrates what it means to love a neighbor, you've got to be kidding if you think, I would stoop to help a Samaritan. I don't have that kind of love. I don't want to help a Samaritan. I can help him go to hell, but I don't want to help him. I've been taught to curse him. I've been taught to hate him. I've been taught not to be involved. I've been taught that you can love God and trash people. I've been taught you can love God and walk around human need. I've been taught you can know God, quote Torah, and be at the temple and curse people. Well, you are condemned in the sight of God, for you are a thousand miles from Exodus 34, where I am a God of compassion, forgiving thousands upon thousands unto the fourth generation. I am the God of loyal, poured out love. I'm merciful, merciful. I'm good to my enemies. I treat my enemies better than you treat your friends. For Jesus had just said in Luke 6, If you only love those who love you, you're no better than the Pharisees' religion. I've called you to love your enemies, to pray for those that despitefully use you. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If your enemy needs a cloak, give him a garment. Oh, if God was to measure all of us based upon those criteria, know this. None of us in this place is going to heaven because we love people. You're bankrupt, and I am too. And loving God with my whole being, ah, sometimes. The law 
I can't, the standard even of the law is higher than I can reach in my own strength. And then Christ comes along and says, you shall from now on not love them as your neighbor. You shall love them as I have loved you. Now, let me tell you, my greatest sin, I want to, did you know what? I'm in a scandalous sin right now, and I want to confess it to the church. Please don't replace me. Because I sin just like you. I don't love people as well as God does. And neither do you. We're over here talking about, well, I don't, you know, I I don't cuss. and Oh, get out of here. This is so rinky-dink. I, I, I don't cuss and I don't lust. Do you love anybody? So cut out all the religious bull and say, who knows that I love them that are dirty, unclean, unworthy, and don't even go to this. They might be another color. Ooh, God forbid we do that. I would love my kind. Because you don't know the love of God. Because you're drowning in your own righteousness. And you'll go to hell on your own righteousness. We are all bankrupt at this standard. I find it easier to preach the Bible than to do it. My hardest assignment is loving God with all my being. And loving people just like him. Oh, I have one ongoing debt, and so do you. The debt that cannot be paid in Romans 13, 8 is, Oh, no man, anything. And some of you that hate debt, you quote that, and you forget the second part. But keep paying the ongoing debt of loving one another. You're always in debt to love. You will never pay off that debt. We are in debt to love, and Jesus slays us in this story. Surely, you don't get this involved with a man's life. Jesus said, you wanted me to tell you who is a neighbor. I'm just telling you, this is how God would define the neighbor. You think it's your neighbor next door that you pick up their newspaper when they go on vacation. That's pretty easy. Or, or move the garbage. My neighbor moves my garbage can when I'm out of town. Well, that, that's nice. That's convenient. But Jesus said, he wants those, those who know the heart of God are controlled by two things in their outlook on people. They disregard their race. They disregard religion. They disregard uh, whether they're clean, unclean. Two things drive their heart. Compassion and his other term, Mercy. Um, let me say some things. Um, I think the church oftentimes today, especially middle class, will, the poorer you are, the more you can be involved in ministries of mercy. But we ought to all be ministers of mercy. First of all, this way. Is not our faith and where we are a result of God finding us beat up on the road of life, drowning in our own sin, confused, disoriented, having been robbed of maybe mother and father, robbed of innocence, robbed of virtue. Someone has used us. Someone has abused us. 
And God found you in that unlovely condition. And in the person of Jesus, he got off of his animal. He wasn't right an animal. He got off of his throne. And he came down and he made contact with us. So you could touch him. So you could see him. He entered into our world. And he came offering us. And we were in our own condition by our own doing. We had rebelled against the king of the universe. And it brought great calamity to us. So he found us in the condition we brought on ourselves. Our sins had brought us to be beat up, stripped, and near death. And yet Christ comes into that arena. Uh, I think of uh, some things that we ought to learn. Uh, Who are we willing to love? Uh, And I would ask you to do this. What personal plan do you have for showing mercy? Uh, Don't don't load up the church. Act like you are the church. You. Do you have any mercy plan? Is there anyone? There's nothing quite like it. It's, it's really the heart of God, isn't it? To be merciful. Do you ever give anything to anyone on the basis that they cannot give it back? Do you ever try to do something for someone and part of the pr- reason you pick that person, they'll never be able to pay it back? Expecting nothing in return. Just compassion and mercy. I have to say this to you. God loves his enemies, do we? If God loves his enemies and gives them rain and sunshine, Matthew says that, uh, chapter 5, Luke just says it back here. Uh, And I find that's very convicting, very convicting. Uh, uh, I've been in admiration of my wife. There's a situation in which... uh, I have chosen as a whole to remove myself from contact with a certain person because they drive me wild. Two confessions, good for the soul. It's hard on the reputation, but it's good for the soul. Uh, And so I've just chosen uh, to just, as much as I can, not to be in their presence. I've chosen the other side. But they're really not in need of mercy in that way. They're just obstinate. But then, then my wife, instead of following my lead, instead of following my godly model, she quotes this verse to me. Should we not love our enemies as Jesus? Carolyn? Don't be quoting me the Bible. (laughs) Don't be telling me what Jesus did. This is me. Well, I just thought what Jesus said might mean something to you. I'm a pastor. It doesn't mean I like all the verses. In this case, there's an exception clause. And she keeps contact. Keeps contact. And, and I keep avoiding if I can. 
I consider it a blessing if I don't have to see them. Now, there's some people you can't get along with no matter what. And Romans 12 says that. And it said, seek to live at peace with all men, but some men you can't live at peace. And I'm kind of in there. I'm not totally guilty. Go easy. See, you like clergy being guilty. See, you've fallen right into the parable. You've fallen right. You love it. Get the pastor. But uh, we have ways of avoiding. You know, uh, even studying this, I hate the fact that as I walk Rodeo Creek many times, I keep coming upon this drunk man and woman that are homeless. I've talked some with him. She's been hit by a car. And usually at nine in the morning, she's drinking half a gallon of beer. And I keep saying, what should I ever try to talk to them about Christ? They're so drunk. They're so irresponsible. And they are so wretched. I wonder if Jesus walked the creek if he talked to them. Uh, I want to read something to you uh, that uh, Jonathan Edwards said about people, how we view them. Talking about a person being in need, Jonathan Edwards wrote, If they are come into poverty by a vicious idleness and prodigality, meaning laziness and self-indulgence, yet we are not thereby excused from all obligation to relieve them unless they continue in those vices. They just won't change. If we do otherwise, we, will set, we shall act in a manner very contrary to the rule of loving one another as Christ loved us. Now Christ has loved us, pitied us, and greatly laid out himself to relieve us from want and misery, which we brought on ourselves by our own folly and wickedness. We foolishly and perversely threw away those riches with which we were provided, upon which we might have lived and been happy to all eternity. So when you come to compassion, I quote another great theologian, Benjamin Warfield, the great theological mind of Princeton, who said this, if you are to live as though you're in the vine Christ and as though you're a conduit of another's love, Christ's love, we don't do good works to be saved, but it gives living proof we are saved when we act like our God. The whole way I know you know him is you start acting like him. You, you got to be careful before you sign up with God because God's gonna not, not going to leave you like your family taught you to act. He's going to teach you to act like he acts. He's got an agenda. And Warfield was saying when we look at people and want to decide if we want to get involved or show mercy, he raises some objections of why we don't help people. Listen to what he says. Number one, my money is my own. Why should I give it? To one of these people. Answer. Christ might have said. My blood is my own. My life is my own. Then where would we be? Two. Objection. The poor are undeserving. They don't deserve a handout. Derelicts. Irresponsible. uh, Whatever we put on there. Answer, 
Christ might have said, they are wicked rebels. Shall I lay down my life for these? I will give to the good angels, but not for bad men. But no, he left the 90 and 9 and came after the lost. He gave his blood for the undeserving. Objection 3. The poor may abuse it. Don't, I've been wondering about giving this couple money. Hey, they, they'll go buy more beer, I'm afraid. The objection is they may abuse it. Answer, Christ might have said the same. Yea, with far greater truth. Christ knew that thousands would trample his blood under their feet, that most would despise it, that many would make it an excuse for sinning more. Yet he gave his own blood. Oh, my dear Christians, if you would be like Christ, give much, give often, give freely to the vile and poor, the thankless and the undeserving. Christ is glorious and happy and so will you be. It is not your money I want. This is Benjamin Warfield. But your happiness. Remember his own words. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You are a Christian today because God had mercy upon you in your fallen condition. And there is the theological rebuff in the context None of us, I would never want to stand before God and say, I've earned the right to heaven because I've always loved people the way you do. I could not get in on that basis. And that's what he's wanting to show this self-righteous man. You won't get in on that criteria. Now, I hope all of us are far more loving than we were when he found us. He's teaching us to love God and to love people. That's still the assignment. And to love them like Christ. Uh, But I think it brings to our heart uh, mercy. Uh, Should mercy not characterize all of us? Mercy. I love what David said. When he'd sinned greatly by numbering Israel's troops. And God comes to him. He said, I'm going to judge you for this. David, but I want to be nice to you. And how's that? I'm going to let you judge, or I'm going to let you choose how you get judged. You, I can either let you fall in the hands of men. Uh, I can take, let me do it. Uh, we do, and he gave him about three options, I believe it was. And I love what David said. If anybody is to judge me, I want you, God, for with you there is mercy. Don't let me fall in the hands of men. And I wish for myself, and I wish for this church, that we will, in our future, find more ways to do more things for the poor, the beat up, the down and out, expecting nothing in return, but just some way to show them the love of God in a concrete act. Because uh, I love what E.V. Hill, I heard him at a conference preach one time, and uh, there was another uh, well-to-do church going big in uh, L.A., and uh, E.V. Hill, if you know anything about his ministries now with the Lord, but 
down in Watts. He pastored in Watts. He had soup kitchen there. He had block monitors. He tried to put a, a monitor on every block he could to provide resources. They, they provided clothing, and they did a lot of this charitable kind of thing right out of that church. And uh, this other very wealthy pastor, wealthy church, one day told Hill, he said, uh, what are you doing giving away God's money to the devil's children? What are you out there feeding all these unsaved people for and clothing them? We don't have time for that kind of nonsense. We tell everybody in our church they ought to drive a brand new car. Because we're prosperity gospel, health, wealth, and have three Lexus if you can get them. It's not my job to worry about poor people. I love what Hill said to him. He said, well, we want to keep the devil's children alive long enough to give them the gospel. We want to keep them alive long enough to give them the gospel. Because the devil's children get hungry too. And their kids need clothes. And you won't waste anything. Jesus said one time at the last judgment, judgment of nations, Matthew 25. Come on into my kingdom. Why? I was hungry and you fed me. I was poor and you clothed me. Matter of fact, I was in jail and you visited me. And the people said, "Why, Lord, when did we ever see you like that? He said, when you did it to the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. You did it to me. Whatever that verse means, it means this. Christ is so inseparably connected with his own people. And even to us caring for a neighbor... That anything you give, he said one time, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, I'll reward you on that day for a cup of water. And I think it's so easy. I must say this now. I want you to follow what I'm saying. I see some folks that all they want to do is be in another Bible study. You know what they need? They need to find some poor folks they might minister to after they've learned a bunch of Bible. It's not just knowing the Bible. We don't look on people and say, be clothed, be fed. Oh, that, you, that might reach in my pocketbook. It, it needs to. We ought to be ministers of mercy or else we don't represent the God of mercy. The parable is marvelous that God was not interested in the race or the religion. He was interested, can I find anybody that's got compassion for fallen people? And if he's a Samaritan, so be it. And if he's one of us people, so be it. May God make us ministers of mercy in a beat-up, tragic world. That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. 
If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there. Besides our podcasts, you'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers. It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.